today here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Eric Adams. Say hi to everyone, Eric. Hi, Mike. Hi, everyone. Eric is the CEO of uh, Turnstile, an internet development and programming company. Before we get started, Eric, I'm going to uh, remind everyone who's coming on the show next week. We have Terry Flattery and Andy Kennedy. They're going to be talk- they're independent long term independent long term care specialists. Uh, we all have parents, uh, or maybe we're growing older ourselves, and long term care is something that, that we all have to consider. And we'll have some tough questions for them. Then we're going to have Alan Greer, CEO of Print Web Technologies. And then we're going to, the following week, we're going to have Mike Callahan, an entrepreneur in Cincinnati who has his own company called Document Destruction, where he's got trucks that go around town and shred paper. On the 15th of November, we're going to have Jim Hunter. He's an interesting fellow. He used to have a home doctor's franchise, uh, home repair, handyman service, and he liked the business model so much, he bought the franchisor. So that's going to be an interesting story. The following week, I think we're going to have Craig Sorbach from uh, Bartlett and Company, and he's going to talk about one of the oldest independent financial services companies we have in town. They just bought that company back from an out-of-town company, which I thought was great, since we talk about the positive side of doing business in Cincinnati. And for our Sandler client listeners, the second annual Sandler Client Summit titled No Guts, No Gain, and that's the theme of the conference, How to Get Tougher, will be February 14th and 15th at the Buena Vista Palace Hotel and Spa in Orlando. It is a great conference. It was an improvement on the first one that we held uh, last February in Orlando. The idea of the conference is to give you a edge, more mind share and leverage, and you'll be talking with visionary thinkers, sales strategists. There'll be two tracks, one for salespeople and one for sales managers. On the Sandler training calendar next next Monday, the 5th of November, we're going to have a Sandler update where we're going to talk about some of the things that uh, I learned at the Sandler conference next week. I get the feeling I'm leaving something out, but that's okay. Um, I didn't talk about the Sandler Networking Works program starting in January. That program is uh, is open to non-Sandler clients for $199. It's four weeks, the first four Mondays in January. We'll talk about how to use networking to grow your business. And I think I forgot to mention that the 
San La Client Summit in Orlando is running, or San La Corporate is running a special uh, promotional price on that. You can you can buy your seats at that conference for four hundred dollars instead of five hundred dollars. And if you want to get the the full lowdown of the list of speakers and all that stuff, the web address is since it's a web show. Uh, www.clientsummit2013 in numbers.sandler.com and that'll give you a way to register for the show and take advantage of the special pricing. Uh, let me tell my listeners about uh, Eric. Eric is a partner and the project director at Turnstile. Eric is a graduate of the Art Institute of Cincinnati in 2000, started his professional career with a brief stint at a trade show exhibit uh, company, uh, Integrated Exhibits. Uh, from there, he moved to become a graphic and web designer at Justice and Young Advertising, where he rose quickly to the position of art director. Late in 2004, he moved again to form tur- Turnstile with his partners Sean Longfield and Steve Strait. Together, the three have provided custom web development, design, programming, mobile, and creative services for nearly eight years. Uh, On the side, Eric is a writer, artist, and publisher of graphic novels. Uh, What does graphic novel mean? Comic books. It's a uh, a very clever uh, euphemistic phrase for comic books. I had another idea of what graphic novels mean. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so we won't talk about that on the air. Uh, so you, you, you publish comic books? On the side, I do, yeah. Really? Um, I uh, write, illustrate, and uh, publish them, and, and of course market them myself. And um, it's uh, the labor of love more than it is a labor of money. Um, because uh, I think uh, being a web developer, I'm working for uh, my clients, you know, more than 40 hours a week, which is great. I love, of course, I love my job, um, but I uh, very much need a creative outlet, and comics give me that opportunity, and I'll never stop doing it. Um, but I doubt it would ever be my career. So, <laughs> what's the name of the? Is there only one comic book that you're publishing multiple issues of, or is it m- multiple series? Um, it, it's one series that I've actually just completed, and I'm getting some work, uh, starting to work on uh, some new series. Uh, I just completed one called Lackluster World. Um, which uh, was seven issues, count to about 250 pages. Mm-hmm. And um, you can find that online if you wanted to Google Lackluster World. Okay. Is it actually on paper and stores? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can find it in most local comic shops. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it, and, and when did it come out? Um, well, I started publishing it in 2004 and um, released about one issue a year uh, and finished the last one, the last issue last year. Wow. Multi-talented. Okay. Okay. Uh, I was curious about uh, the name of your company, uh, Turnstile. Uh, if you can't tell from my accent, I grew up in New York, and a turnstile to me was something in a subway that you went through on the way in or the way out. Sure, we and um, they were one way. The, the story isn't that exciting. Um, the name, uh, well, when my partners and I sat down and decided to start this company, we were just a, a small group. It was the three of us, we uh, as freelancers. Um, we were sharing a lot of work back and forth and thought, you know, we should just start a business rather than being three separate entities. Let's come together and we can be stronger. So in doing so, we had to name this company, which was a, it was a near impossible task. Uh, if you're trying to think of a, a clever, rememberable, a memorable name. And um, 
we had long lists of just think of any word you can think of that might be interesting, make a list. And in the end, um, we struck everything off the list except for a few keywords, and Turnstile was one of them. Um, and uh, it didn't really mean anything other than it was an interesting name that people remember when they uh, hear our company name. Uh, we like that it said style in it. Um, turnstile is actually spelled with a Y, not our company, but a turnstile you would go through is a spell, I'm sorry, spelled with an I. Uh, we spell our company uh, T-U-R-N-S-T-Y-L-E. Um, but in the end, we just liked it. Okay, interesting. Uh, so at Turnstile, you're a primary developer of web services, programming, e-commerce, content management systems, uh, search engine optimization, social media strategy, mobile app development services, and you're known for graphic design, mobile graphics and branding. Um, what will you mean by mo motion graphics and branding? Um, well, those are two separate services. As oh. I would define them. Motion graphics would be um, video editing, you know, animation. Um, branding being uh, the development of brands for local businesses. Logo design to uh, copywriting, uh, you know, defining the, the theme of that company, the, their marketing campaigns theme. Mm -hmm. uh, you said that Turnstile is one of the few companies uh, capable of both the professional design and custom programming for complex project, projects uh, and providing services and information online. Mm -hmm. So you do the back-end database design for websites as well? Yeah. Um, I think most web companies are either they're very good at one or the other, good at design, uh, or they're good at the form or the function, and we're very strong at both, specifically bringing those two together, um, where sometimes companies will have a great design, they'll come up with a great design, and when they try to implement it, you know, it doesn't come together as well as it should. Mm -hmm. uh, other times, they start off on the wrong foot with the design. It's not very good, and then they create all the functionality, but it's not attractive. Um, you know, it's not intuitive for the user. And um, I feel like that we're very strong at bringing those two things together. Um, very strong, beautiful website design, uh, carrying that through through every level of programming, and there are many levels to that, uh, all the way to very complex, uh, the very furthest end would be very complex database architecture. For um, One of our clients is uh, AAA, AAA Travel. Um, we've done some very sophisticated database um, applications for them uh, that they can access online and mobily. Hmm. So that's the travel company, the company that books cruises? Yes, that's right. As opposed to the one that sends a tow truck to fix my call with a dead battery. <laughs> well, I think that's the same company, but the different divisions are the same thing. Different silo, mm -hmm. as we call it. Okay, that's good. Uh, let's go on to a couple of other questions. You started the company in 2004. Uh, technically, it was very early 2005. We, 2005. That's when we formed, but yeah. yeah. We won't argue with yeah. it. Uh, since that point in time where the three partners came together, how do, you, how, how do you go to market? How do you develop new prospects and the clients? Um, a lot of the time, uh, the clients come to us. Um, I feel we've been very fortunate in having a lot of work find us before we had to find it. And um, typically, I, I mean, I'd say 75% of our work comes in just word of mouth. Um, any sales that I'm doing, uh, it's as simple as, you know, driving by a business and saying, you know, I don't know what's going on there. I'm going to check out their website, get online. Um, if it's bad, and it often is, uh, I'll uh, shoot them an email that says, hey, I think I can help you and hope I get a response. And um, 
usually it's not just as simple as, hey, I think I can help you. I give them some reasons why I think uh, the website could use some improvements, uh, and not just in its look and its style, but tools that I don't see them taking advantage of. Uh, maybe they haven't thought of themselves yet, and we could develop those tools for them to help market to their customers. I think everyone knows what a hammer and a wrench is. Those are tools. What do you mean by tools? Well, um, I can give you a great example of a couple of projects we just completed. Uh, recently, uh, we just completed we completed one of these two projects. Uh, both local schools, uh, not connected in any way except that they're both schools, um, one of them being St. Ursula Villa uh, and the other one being Bishop Fenwick High School. Um, for St. Ursula Villa, we developed a site for them. Um, you know, we do the graphic design, the interface design. We put a content management system in place, which means that they're able to update their own content without having to call us every time they want to change something. And the really cool tool that we built for them was a, a, an, event, an event management and registration system where their administrators locally on site can go to their site, say, okay, we have an event coming up, which might be something that students need to register for or parents need to register for or both. And these registrants can go to this form, fill out their information, submit it, and it goes to the back end of the website where the administrators can then retrieve that information. The really interesting part about that is that it also accepts payments because a lot of these registrations require some form of fee. So your your site actually can collect the credit card? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Fantastic. So it's a secure server type of environment. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, of course. Of course, you. yeah. Not necessarily for everyone. If you have a question for Eric, call in number is 646-595-4916. We're going to take a short commercial break here. We'll be right back after the break. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Company owners and sales managers, are you sick and tired of hiring a salesperson you think is Tom Cruise only to get Pee Wee Herman on the first day of the job? Call me, Mike Roth, 513-646-6523 to stop this from happening to you again. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a... This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Eric Adams. Eric, why don't you let the folks know how they can get a hold of you after the show uh, if they have questions or projects that they'd like you to be working on. Absolutely. Um, phone and website. Our phone number is 513-275-1622. Uh, you could call right this minute and someone will answer. Uh, and the website is we are turnstile. That's turnstile with a Y. We are turnstile.com. Hmm. 
We are. Is that A-R-E or just plain letter R? No, A-R-E. That's right. Okay. Because you spelled turnstile in a funny way. I see. I see. Okay. Uh, Eric, so you said most of your, uh, your your new business has been coming in from referrals and introductions? Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay. Do all three partners sell? Yes and no. Uh, I think all three prospects, but uh, usually the sales process is handed off to me. Um, mm-hmm. But all three are out there networking. Right. And, and, in, and in your role as a business development professional, for every 10 prospects that you get in front of, how many do you actually close? Uh, I'd say eight. Eight out of ten. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't want to have ten. <laughs> well, I'd love to have ten, but you can't win them all. You well, try. Some aren't desirable. Uh, you need to close only the desirable opportunities. Well, a lot of times there's that lead that doesn't want to move yet, and you can't get them to move, and 12 months later they call and you get them. Okay. Uh, you were talking a little bit about the Bishop uh, Fenwick uh, St. Ursula Villa uh, project. Did we finish that? No. Um, there were. That's actually two separate projects, and I just want to be clear that they're not connected. Um, but uh, it, it was serendipitous that they found us at the same time. And uh, I think to their benefit that we were able to work on both at the same time. I think they both got better websites because of it because we were able to you know, share information across the two. Um, so St. Ursula Villa, I explained a, uh, before the break a registration system we built for them, which has been very successful for them, um, made, uh, made their data management um, which, their data management in their offices uh, a lot more efficient. Uh, with Bishop Fenwick High School, uh, we built a very different tool for them um, where parents and students and anybody who's interested in learning more about Bishop Fenwick High School can go to their website and subscribe for email updates which sounds simple enough. Every website has some kind of feature like that. The really cool part is that it doesn't require any human interaction to create these emails that get sent out on these subscription lists. The um, administrators who update the site, uh, of course, they're adding news to, it might be the athletic section or the academic section or any section of their site. People can choose which sections they want more information about, which sections they would like to subscribe to, uh, as well as select the frequency, which might be daily, weekly, monthly, and as administrators add new content to the site, it's placed into a queue where it's kind of on wait until it's time for that email process to trigger. And then the website queries its own database to retrieve all this new information and send out these customized email blasts to each individual. So it's kind of uh, an automated system. Exactly. Exactly. Saving a lot of labor for the uh, the school. I know there are a couple of businesses that probably need something like that. Um, as a vendor in the uh, internet world, uh, the demise of flash programming, uh, has that caused a landslide of business in your favor? No, no. I, I think that flash is such a small component of the web overall. Um, I mean, it's it's one of those things that's kind of a, a way to get your foot in the door sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to do a lot of flash programming. Uh Myself, personally, probably did more so than anyone else in the company, and I'm very good at it. And it's a little disappointing that it's going away, but at the same time, it really needed to. Um, the uh, the plugin, the Flash plugin itself, is very limiting. Um, it never really got out of the box that you define on your page as Flash. But mm-hmm. now that um, mobile devices are becoming so prevalent, specifically Apple, who refuses to support Flash on their devices, um, it's really caused a big wave of 
everybody wanting to get the flash off their websites. So all those beautiful flash pieces I've done, I need to convert to some uh, alternate means, which might be usually as HTML5, mm-hmm. uh, but could also be some kind of, uh, not to get too technical, but some kind of JavaScript equivalent. Okay, we're moving. Uh, Sa- mm-hmm. Sandler just redid the complete uh, learning management system and threw away a system they used for about three years that was uh, flash-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a terrible idea. <laughs> Great system, but terrible idea. We've converted it to uh, Cornerstone's learning management system, okay. which is fully compatible with all of the Apple devices. Uh, a great way for people to get long-term positive reinforcement training. Mm-hmm. In the marketplace, uh, what do you see as the uh, opportunities and possibilities for companies in using the web? Uh, I mean, every, almost every possibility and opportunity is available on the web. I mean, businesses, business in general is moving towards the web. Uh, I think anybody can take the business they do offline and bring it online. Um, that could be selling products or services, um, or even if you don't really have a product or service that has a fixed dollar amount on it, you can create bill payment systems online. Um, you can now, with mobile uh, mobile web being so prevalent, you can communicate directly with your customers or potential customers right in their pocket. Um, and I think that the web is... Like there's almost no alternative to where to bring your business now. You should start with the web, and end with the web. Uh, what kind of problems are represented by, you know, at least the two families of popular smartphones, the Androids and the Apples? Does that cause a big problem, especially with the screen geography sizes? No, not at all. Um, the devices are very smart that they should render most websites correctly. Um, as long as you have a developer that knows how to build them in a way that is going to, you know, retro, it's going to fit into the correct screen formats. Um, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking to one of our clients and uh, who is successfully using the Sandler Sonic system that we're training him, and and it's got successful salespeople. And one of his salespeople said, "You know, Mike, uh, our website doesn't work." And I kind of looked at the company owner and go, huh? And he said he stopped paying the developer who uh, was doing reputation protection service. Okay. So he stopped paying the developer. Was this more of a a maintenance person that kept the site up and running for him? or? Uh, I guess so, because I, th- I, I think that developer must have sabotaged it. I see. Well, that happens. <laughs> Not that with happens. us, but yeah, I mean, there's people I, I out there. The only, the only thing that would come up would be the the home page, and then and then the if if you clicked around enough, you could find uh, reviews. And, and darn it, if three of the reviews were good reviews and three of them were bad reviews, and also the bad ones seemed to be written by the same person. I thought it was the the web developer personally. Yeah, well, maybe I couldn't say without knowing more details of that but, scenario. But sure. Uh, it, it it just clobbered me that people who think they have a working website may discover all the aspects don't work. Mm-hmm. Well, even you have your own website and it's done, you often forget to go there and check on it once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how many third parties you have involved, and I don't just mean people, I mean online services. You know, something may go down and you never know it, or something upgrades and you never know it. And... Um, it's wise to you know check out your own website at least once a week and just give it a good click through um, and make sure everything's running fine. If anything, not even just to see if it's broken or not, just to see if you want to change something about it, if there's something that you don't like about it. 
Yeah, we we have uh, videos that play back uh, from other than our own website, and I'm dubious that they'll even run a year from now, but they seem to be running today. Uh, what do you think the obstacles are for uh, your clients or your company in growing? Uh, in uh, the well, first let me ask you: Think business is getting easier or harder for myself or for yeah. anyone? In, in, in general, um, in general, I think it's getting harder for everyone. Uh, I think everybody's getting smarter, and uh, you know they're refining their techniques to sell, um, or they're refining their techniques not to buy. And I, I think things are moving faster. And thanks to the web, there's more information out there a hundred times faster than there ever was before. No, you're right. You're right. I so think... it's getting harder. And I think that overcoming the obstacles of change are important. How are you doing it at Turnstile? Well, we ourselves are a web company. Mm-hmm. So we are, I mean, of course we're developers, but in a way we're also professional users of the internet. Um, we, when something new comes out, we learn about it. Um, we know how to, um, we're resourceful. In fact, that's like our key word. It's important for us to be resourceful. It's important for the people we work with to be resourceful because every day we're challenged with something we've never had to do before. Um, and it could be a big thing or a small thing, but we have to rely on the internet uh, to give us that education, to, you know, find the answer to the question. And uh, sometimes you can't find it and you've got to figure it out for yourself. But I'd say 99 times out of 100, you can find what you're looking for online uh, and have the answer in seconds. And the faster you can learn how to how to find it, uh, the faster and more successful you'll be at anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a company vision? Vision statement? Uh, no, we don't have a statement, a vision statement. Um, I'd say my vision for the company is uh, continued growth. Um, I'd love to, we're at, five people right now, uh, I'd love to get up to 20 in the next few years. Okay. Uh, 20 people by what year? Um, 2016. 2016. 10 years from today. That's a three year, almost three years and some change from today. Oh, yeah. Okay. That'll work. Um, what do you think people are looking for now from a web services provider? I think the majority of people who come to us have a very long neglected website that has been neglected because for for many reasons. One, they don't really know how to use their website as a tool uh, for their company or business or organization. Secondly, First thing, they don't know how. Second, they don't actually have the tools to refine the tool that their website is. They don't have tools to be able to update it themselves uh, or manage the content or collect data from it. And I'd say that's really our focus in our business. When we try to talk to a new client, we try to find a way to define how can we collect more data on your site? How can you make use of that data? How can we build tools for you to be able to collect more data and use that data? Okay. Um, again, Eric has agreed to take any call-in questions. Uh, the number is, as always, 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to 
Sandler Rule number three. And we're going to be back in about two minutes. Hi, I'm Mike Crandall with Sandler Training, here to talk to you about Sandler Rule number three, no mutual mystification. So what does it mean? Well, let me ask, have you ever entered into a sales call with an expectation that it was going to end one way and then to find out that it did not end that way, but another way, bad or good? Or have you ever been in a meeting with an expectation of what was going to transpire only to find out that that isn't actually what transpired? Both of those are examples of where there was mutual mystification. In general, you can think of mutual mystification as any time when two parties have different expectations and don't take the time to clarify them in advance of the interaction. It's our job as sales professionals to be intentional about finding out what expectations people have, to define phrases and terms in advance that might be misunderstood, to tie up any loose ends also to make sure that all parties are in sync with what has happened as well as what will happen. I like to say this is summed up by one of my favorite phrases. The source of all the world's frustration is unfulfilled expectation. This is Mike Roth with Sandler Training, finding power and reinforcement. Are you tired of prospects saying, I want to think it over? Are you tired of being an unpaid consultant? Call me at 513-646-6523 on the web at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Eric Adams. Eric, uh, I like to ask people about complex problems because the world is getting more difficult. So maybe you we have a theory here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you want to really solve complex problems, you need an equally complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that confronted Turnstile uh, and the solution that you, equally complex solution that you came up with to solve the problem that might be, in theory, applicable to another company in another industry. Okay. Um, one of our clients is Corporate Document Solutions, uh, also known as cdsprint.com, CDS Corporate Document Solutions. Um, they do printing. They're a local printer. And they wanted to bring their printing services online and be able to sell those services online uh, to compete with some of the larger na nationwide companies that are out there. We built a tool for them to be able to manage their own product offerings where they can create a product which might be something like manuals. But there's so many components to manuals that you, they need to build out all those various attributes which might be the type of paper it's printed on, um, the color if it's black and white or color, the, how, the number of pages it's on, um, if there's a cover for it, the binding for it. There's a lot of options that go into each of their products. And we built the tool that allowed them to create this product dynamically and give price values to each of those attributes so that it automatically calculates the price on the fly. There's a calculation behind uh, all of their pricing uh, to, a, to a degree. And it allows customers to instantly get access to real-time quotes 
for all the printing they want to purchase. It allows them to purchase it directly online, of course, secure, with a secure credit card processor. And um, the order fulfillment takes, takes place online as well, so that the customer uh, will receive a PDF proof of their artwork that they've submitted. Well, I actually skipped a step. They get to submit their artwork along with their purchase. Uh, they'll receive a PDF proof, and they see the, the complete chain of communication in this process until the order is fulfilled. Um, and, in fact, we're talking um, with uh, with CDS right now about integrating it uh, more tightly with their um, internal um, fulfillment software. So the complex problem there was how do you take such a complex product and put it online? And our solution was to build a very a tool which has a lot of complex pieces to it that allow them to, in an in a intuitive manner, to add each of these little pieces one step at a time and make it easy for them to be able to do it and training it, train any of their employees to be able to do it. So in the past, was this done kind of manually by human beings? Yes. I think an example like theirs, there weren't that many printers and still aren't that many printers that use a process like this online um, because the, the product they offer is so complex in its pricing. Mm -hmm. uh, some people do it, some automate it, some have the resources Large nationwide companies with a lot of money behind them and a lot of manpower behind them can do that. Um, uh, Corporate Document Solutions is a great printer, but compared to a lot of these big national guys, they're small. And they mm -hmm. came to us, and we built it for them in a very affordable and efficient manner. Uh, do, do you ever calculate what the ROI is on a project like that? It's labor-saving? Uh, for them, uh, no. Uh, I'd say I don't. Uh, okay. did, did they? Uh, they probably did, but I could only guess at the numbers. Oh, okay. I mean, it is essentially the, it's hiring another salesman mm -hmm. that, you know, that it, another automatic salesman and adding that to your sales force. Okay. That's a good way to look at it. Uh, at Turnstile, do you have a long-term strategic planning process now? I'd have to say no. We don't. Okay. We – go ahead. Seat of the pants management? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like our group's pretty pretty tight, um, and we work well together. Uh, so I don't feel like we need a whole lot of strategy in our internal management. Um, are you all are you all about the same age? Oh uh, yeah, we're all about the same age. Uh, my two partners and I specifically are. Um, I'm 33, and they are 34 and 35. Uh, our employees are a little younger, um, but close enough. Okay, so you don't have to worry about a partner. Uh, wanting to retire next year or in five years. Well, they might want to, but I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Good. They need to keep busy. I like to ask our uh, – I'll hold that question for the next segment. Uh, are you looking to add more set, more people to your company today? Yes, we are. Um, we have uh, – besides the three partners, we have two employees. We'd love to have a third, um, and I think pretty soon we'll be seeking a fourth after that. And what kind of uh, specialty areas are you going to be adding these three or four people in? Uh, generally, web developer. Mm -hmm. um, that would include uh, basic HTML skills uh, and cascading style sheets, CSS, uh, but someone who is also good with JavaScript and uh, with PHP and database programming. Well, I'm sure there are hundreds of people who are going to hear that. Your desk is well, going to be loaded with I hope so, because I actually find it difficult to find, uh, to find talented people uh, on the market right now. Uh, I've heard that before. Uh, one of the things that we do with our our management group is 
be exceptionally careful about creating what we call a search model so we avoid hiring people who might work out in favor of only hiring people who will work out in the job. Uh, a little bit of a painstaking process in the beginning, but it results in a much better hire. So you are hiring because you think business is going to grow. Oh, yeah. Um, business has been tremendous for us uh, the past two years, and uh, this year more so than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say we've, we've, this is by far our best year to date. Best um, year ever. You're not yeah. the first person to tell me that. Yeah, and, I, and next year's going to be better. I know it is. Well, good. Uh, let's talk a little bit now about uh, some of your other clients and what you've done for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of your clients on the list that, that I saw that hit my eye was uh, Cincinnati Time, because that's owned by one of our Sandler Presidents Club members. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, um, you're speaking of Mike. Mike. Yeah, yeah, Mike sure. Lom, yeah. Uh, Mike's great. We did their site um, a couple years ago now, and... Uh, I think as far as websites go and the as they come through my office, it was pretty standard fare uh, for the kind of work we do. Uh, of course, we designed the site. We developed content for it um, hand-in-hand with Mike and others at Cincinnati Time Systems. Um, we built him a content management system that allows them full access to edit any of their own content. Uh, some of that content is secure, so it's for their customers only. So the site also includes a customer login portal um, where Sensitive, maybe I shouldn't say sensitive, but private content um, is housed, and uh, only their customers are going to have access to it. And they have control over the content both behind that secure wall and in front of it. And that's secure by customer? You have different compartments on the site? Yeah, every one of their customers uh, has a login for that. And they have a private area for that one customer? Yes, that's right. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um is there any common area that people are asking you for? Everybody wants to go mobile right now, and they don't really know why. Uh, this because that's the buzzword. They say, I, "I should probably do some of this mobile stuff, right?" Or, um, another one is uh, social media, Facebook and Twitter. Everybody's like, "Well, I should probably be on those, right?" But they don't. They're really kind of starting off on the wrong foot right away because they don't even really know what it is, and. Usually, it's an education process where I, you know, teach them about the benefits of social network sites and how they can help their site. And sometimes they're not that much of a help to what their service offering is. Um, when it comes to mobile devices, uh, it's almost always helpful. Every company can benefit from ha- doing something mobile, and that doesn't necessarily mean developing an app that is downloadable through iTunes or the Android Store. But it might just be mobilizing your website and making sure that it functions well mobily, uh, and making it easier for people to get information. Um, as quickly as they can on that little screen that's in the um, in their pocket. Mm-hmm. I remember being in Columbus, Ohio, a couple of months ago, and I needed to find out where the nearest Fifth Third Bank was to where I was in Columbus, and it was, let's say, brutal mm-hmm. to do so on your smartphone. Even. Yeah, on my Android oh, really? smartphone. It was not as easy and intuitive as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. In the end, there was less than a mile from the nearest branch, but uh, it took a while. That, that, that needed some some updating to the application. Uh, in your world, do you guys actually do programming for mobile phones? We do. Yes. You don't find that work out? 
I'm sorry? You don't farm that work out to someplace like India? No, 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 no. I'm definitely not, not out to India. Um, I've had some help locally. Um, not We don't farm, farm it out, but when we get too much work, we'll, we'll outsource any kind of work that, you know, we feel comfortable uh, farming out locally. Uh, in a couple of minutes before the next break, and again, remember, you can call in and ask Eric a question on 646-595-4916. We'll screen the calls during the break. Uh, Eric, uh, Dave Myers, who was on yesterday, head of Office Key, suggested, the I call him the standard uh, LinkedIn uh, type of a business uh, app, but he also talked about Google Plus mm-hmm. for business. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that and how you guys are making your applications for your clients compatible with that? Sure. Google Plus is not um, – Google Plus, Google Plus is still – I'd still call it a budding social network system. Um, Facebook and Twitter are definitely the kings, as is LinkedIn uh, in terms of business. Google Plus has – found its niche. And it's growing, but kind of, I actually have looked at the numbers well, I think pretty slowly. And um, it's much more, if you're going to market something on there, it's you're marketing to your customers. Did you say it has found its niche or is still attempting to find its niche? Oh, I think it's found its niche. I think it's found its... Which is? Um, young, internet-savvy users who want to use it for entertainment purposes. Um, they will communicate with their friends. Uh, I don't really find it all that great for business. Uh, they're... They've added some tools that allow that to happen, but uh, you can you know you could create a Roth Consulting uh, Google Plus page and have that up there. But beyond that, you could tell people about it and you could put messages on there the same way you could with Facebook. But right now, everybody's already on Facebook. Why create another system and start using another system? It's just more maintenance for you to have to handle. Um, Google Plus, I think there's promise there, and that their tools are different than Facebook. Um, I don't know if I'd call them superior. I just would call them different. Um, but in the end, I... As a business tool, which one would be better? LinkedIn or Google Plus for business? Between those two, Either. LinkedIn. LinkedIn, LinkedIn really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. We're going to take another short commercial break here, and Eric will take your calls, 595-4916 in the 646 area code. This is Mike Roth. Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople? Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. 
For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Eric Adams. Eric, I'd like to ask you this question. You've been leading your company now for four years? Almost eight years. Almost eight years now. Mm -hmm. What single leadership tip can you give other leaders? I'd say fail, or at the very least, don't be afraid to fail. Uh, Really go out there and just try something new and different. Um, You could do the same thing as everybody else, but the problem with that is everybody else is doing it. Uh, I think it's important to try to stand out, and uh, you can't do that if you're doing the same thing all the time. Uh, And I think that as a leader, don't just take that advice yourself. Tell the people you work with. Tell them to fail. or If they're not failing, they're not trying hard enough. That's interesting. Sandler said in one of his rules uh, that if everyone else in your industry is doing something, stop doing it immediately and do something else. Mm -hmm. He's right. Right. And then uh, our good friend Albert Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's talk about something that that you did that you thought was good. How about telling the story of how you helped Block by Block? Uh, Block by Block is a uh, longtime client of mine, uh, longer than than Turnstile has been a company, actually. Uh, I think Cincinnatians may recognize Downtown Cincinnati, Inc., uh, which is one of Block by Block's many clients. Uh, Block by Block has about, uh, about, if not over, 50 programs running in the U.S. and various cities uh, across the whole country. They provide security, cleaning, and hospitality services for downtown business districts. And um, downtown Cincinnati, Inc. is a great example. We see them out there kind of, you know, watching the crowds, cleaning up the streets, um, and offering help when they can. We've done a lot of work for Block by Block. Uh, We actually even named their company. Uh, That name was My Creation. Uh, We've done their complete brand, a visual brand. We designed their logo. We did their website. We've done most of their marketing materials. The most recent project we've done for them, um, which is an ongoing project and will be for some time, uh, is a complex uh, data management tool. It allows for block by block in each of their cities to collect data. Like their, their employees are doing all these little tasks, which might be emptying trash cans or cleaning graffiti um, or uh, witnessing crime in the area and taking notes for it to share with the local police. And every one of these tasks is something that can be recorded. It can be checked off on a piece of paper, which is actually how it used to be done. They used to do it on paper, but now they're doing it digitally where they can record this information on this. We built it as a website first for their general managers in each city to input this data that was collected on paper. Uh, With this data, they can run reports that they can then give to their clients, which might be downtown Cincinnati, Inc., provide measurable results as to how they've improved or not improved. They can show the real numbers very specific on a daily basis as to what they're doing for the city and show their value that way. Plus, they can share this data. They can compare it from one city to the other and see where their strengths might be in one city versus another or share best practices through it, Um, see what programs are more effective than others um, in terms of their numbers. Um, An extension of the website is we've now... uh, just released their mobile app, which is not a public mobile app. It's an enterprise-level app that is only available to their own employees. And uh, this is an iPhone system. 
And uh, it allows them to, as they're going, they hit the button and check off the things they're doing. If they see something needs maintenance, they can say, hey, this uh, sidewalk is cracked. They can type up the problem, take a photo of it with their phone, send it off to the local maintenance company. Since I, I actually don't know the name of it, the city of Cincinnati to have the sidewalk repaired. Uh, and then they can track that data to see how many days has this aged since it got any attention. Uh, so they can present that to the city to say, hey, we informed them, but they didn't follow through. Um, so block by block actually doesn't do the cleaning or the repair, but just watches and reports? Oh, no. They do all the work. To, they do. They don't repair sidewalks, but they do. That's, so that's sweeping the sidewalks in right. front of uh, Fountain Square. Right. They're not going to um, fix a broken parking meter, but they might report that it's, that it's broken. Uh, but they'll definitely do all the sweeping, all the power washing. Uh, they drive the uh, the street cleaners that come through downtown. And uh, I don't want to hit too heavy on the cleaning. They do a lot of that. They do landscaping as well in some cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also provide uh, security services. Um, in other words, you know they are they have a, they have a communication system, walkie-talkies, where they're all communicating. If there's a problem, if there's a, a fight that breaks out, they're working with police to stop that right away. Um, uh, if there's a panhandling problem, um, they, uh, they address that as well. Uh, and they also do social outreach. So I don't want it to sound like that they just, you know, if there's a problem person in the area, they're just going to chase them out. They work with them to actually um, give them the things they need or the help they need um, locally so that they're not a problem in the city. So is Block by Block a Cincinnati-based company too? No, I believe they started out of uh, Louisville um, and have grown since. They started out uh, just locally as uh, doing security services for uh, in a few local cities in the Midwest, which would be Louisville, Cincinnati, Columbus, um, and have expanded tremendously in the past decade. That's interesting because I had never heard of them mm-hmm. as a separate entity. I've probably seen their people on the streets. So you'll probably see them all the time now that you know that they're there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they wear a distinctive uniform for block by block? or No, every city has their own um, program name. As I said, downtown Cincinnati Inc. is is their name, okay. um, and uh, I'm not gonna remember the names of all of them because they're all a little different. But okay. hey, there's a uh, you go downtown, you see the guy wearing the uh, chartreuse neon shirt. Right, uh, he's right. gonna have that Fountain Square logo on the back of it. That's the guy. Okay, interesting. Uh, I noticed from your uh, client list that you did some work with uh, a funeral home. Mm-hmm. Uh, why would a funeral home need a website? Well, everybody needs a website, first of all. So you need to be able to at least communicate to people that you my provide. My year old grandson needs a website. <laughs> <laughs> every business needs a website. Okay, every business. Yeah. Um, Brown Dawson Flick Funeral Home, they're located in Hamilton, Ohio. So their website uh, definitely needed an upgrade at the time we built it, um, which was years ago when we first built their website. And uh, – at the time that we created it, of course, as usual, we do the graphic design, all the user interface elements. Um, we created a content management system for them. Uh, the real interesting thing we did for their site was allowed for them to have the ability to post the obituaries of the deceased as they come, you know, come into the funeral home. And it allows the friends and family of the deceased to post condolences or e-condolences on the site, um, which can be public. Uh, and, uh, of course, there's a, a level of... Um, management so that, you know, if there's not anybody can just post anything, it's got to be th- go through some approval process so that there's not additional grieving of anybody saying something they shouldn't on the site. Um, but it turned out to be a, a, a 
personally, I really can't believe how much usage it, it gets. Every funeral that comes to the funeral home is filled with 15 to 20 to maybe even 50 of these messages. Um, and it really turned it from something, you know, this, it's always sad when somebody dies, but, it, you know, it really turns the website into a, a community of hopeful messages. But something like that, uh, with hopeful messages, it seems that there ought to be a method to make sure that it lives forever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get thrown away at the next upgrade of the site. How are you guys handling something like that? Well, the data is there for as long as we want it to be there. Uh, we would never destroy it. Um, if there was ever a desire to remove it from the live website, that could be done, but I don't think there is any desire. I think the idea is to keep it going for as long as Brown, Dawson, and Flick exists. Um, I believe that Brown, Dawson, and Flick collects this information, and I could be mistaken about this, but I believe that they provide um, the families with a uh, printed book of uh, all these condolences they've collected. Uh, and I imagine there's some condolences that came in that weren't even from the website, probably snail mail. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Or presented to the family so the family can insert them into this book of themselves. Right. And so that's one way that it could live forever because it gets printed off into a book that's not mm-hmm. uh, electronic. Is there any way that the electronic site can be rigged to live forever? The same way a newspaper from 100 years ago, an obituary from 100 years ago, can still be read today. Well, I mean, any web- anything you put online mm-hmm. is probably probably still exists online, even if you think you destroyed it. It's probably still out there somewhere. Um, the NSA has it. Well, maybe, but that's not really what I was thinking. There's services such as uh, archive.org, um, and they don't update. They don't copy the internet as often as they used to. But you can go to archive.org, and you could probably see every old version of your website archived on there, um, going back as far as maybe the year 2000. Really? So if I wanted to see my website from 10 years ago. Why I'd want to do that, I don't know. <laughs> I could go back to archive.org, then go type rothconsulting.net, and it would show up. Assuming that they collected the information. Do they uh, take a complete snapshot of the Internet on a particular day, um, or do they crawl it? They crawl it. So it kind of depends when they when they find you. And I think that they don't crawl as much as they used to. But it's very interesting. to. I mean, it's actually a way that I do research on clients sometimes uh, or, or prospects. Say well, yeah, you don't have this information on your site now, but what it, you know, what used to be on the site, mm-hmm. uh, you can go there and check out any of the uh, old versions of the site that might be there. See uh, old members that used to be there. Find a phone number for somebody that is not on their site now, but you know, you could find it in an older version of the website. That's interesting, and since that's happening today, it might be something people need to think about stuff that they have on their site that maybe they shouldn't? Sure. I think the bigger concern is having something on your Facebook profile that maybe you shouldn't, because <laughs> that could come back to haunt you oh, so they, in the future. They're actually archiving Facebook as well? Um, I'm only saying archive.org because it's the only one I can remember by name. Mm-hmm. But there are other services out there that definitely do collect archives of websites. Uh, Facebook is no exception. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I would have thought that uh, if you delete your account on Facebook or some other site, it gets completely deleted. Well, no. And uh, it just even if you try to delete your account from Facebook, it's not deleted from Facebook. It just makes it so you can't access it anymore and you think it's deleted. Facebook would never release that information, never let go of it. It's uh, hidden. Interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, Eric, do you have any uh, last comments before we uh, have run out of time? Well, uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to talk about Turnstile. Um, if anybody would like to talk to me or any of my partners about uh, their website or any of the other services we provide, you can find us at weareturnstile.com or call us at 513-275-1622. Eric, thanks again for uh, being with us today. In appreciation for that, I'm giving you a copy of uh, Sandler's book, The uh, 49 Sandler Rules. And uh, next week, we have a couple of interesting guests. We have a couple of surprise guests coming up uh, before the end of the year. And if any of you are listening, know someone that should be on the show, give me a call at 513-753-9400, extension 102. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at Mike Roth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513 753 9400.